episode. Alrighty then. Welcome to Triple Feature. We are your hosts. I am Emma. I'm Freddie. And I'm Seabear. And together we make Triple Feature. Feature. Because there's three of us. Um, For you math blasters out there. Yeah. Welcome to uh, the second film topic of festive sember later on we're going to be talking and getting into freddy's festive sember pick tokyo godfathers from 2003 and we'll we'll have a robust discussion about that um but first freddy what did you watch this past week besides tokyo godfathers besides tokyo Godfathers, because you did watch one other film (gasps) <gasps> you would never guess, would you? <laughs> My one movie. Okay, so not only that, I realized today that uh, I had watched no other movies besides Tokyo Godfathers. You were like, I can't be that um, dud that doesn't watch any movies. Yeah. So and doesn't have anything to talk about on the pod. Yeah. So I had to get I had to get some I had to get some to talk about. So I went to <laughs> I busted out old reliable insert SpongeBob meme meme here. Is old reliable Criterion <laughs> Collection? Oh, you fucking know it's Criterion <laughs> Collection. What do you mean? <laughs> of course it's Criterion Collection. So I bust out the CC, not Creative Cloud, for you editors out there. You know I what almost saying? spit out my water. <laughs> uh, he said CC. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, not we not CC's we're gonna pizza. It, we're going to make CC happen. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> so, uh, much like uh, CC's Pizza, not sponsor, uh, I, I it has like a CC's wide pizza. selection with various types of content available. Like chocolate pizza. And my, macaroni and cheese pizza. Oh. And French New Wave movies. And <laughs> movies from Africa. <laughs> So, speaking of, I watched Black Girl, and it is a African movie from 1966. Cool. And let me just real quick pull up this uh, director's name and apologize in advance because I am <laughs> not going it. to say this man's <laughs> name correctly. You're going to um, mispronounce this. I 100% am. So, I apologize in advance. Um, I just learned about this director today when I watched this movie. Um, As of recording. Yes. And so, it is directed by... Uh, Uh-oh. Osman <laughs> Sembeni. O-U-S-M-A-N-E. S-E-M-B-E-N-E. So, I apologize for not saying that Honestly, name correctly. yeah. But, applause. So, he is... Um, he is an African director. They, when I was browsing the Criterion channel, they had a collection series of his works, and this is the, this was the like one of the first ones in it, and it's one of his first films, and it is very good. It is about a, um, an African woman from Dakar who accepts a job. Basically being a nanny for this French couple. And what ends up happening, they start the movie out showing her she goes to France. So she nannies for this French couple for 
like a, a period of time while they're visiting Dakar. And then they offer, they, they basically are like, do you want to come and continue working with us back in France? So she accepts the position and it is horrible <laughs> and they are the worst. And basically it is, she is in like slavery to this French couple. The, the mother is like super rude and demeaning to her. And she's basically just treated like an object to this family. Um, but is the movie in a African language or is it, it in, is in English? It is in French. It is in French. Okay. Yes. Um, but it very much pulling out those notes. I got notes because there was a lot of there was some quotes in here that I was just <laughs> like, I can't I can't not uh, talk about them. There's a lot of parts of this movie that like very they feel very French new wave. Like a lot of the cinematography for this being like a first work. Oh, it's so impressive. Yeah. Um, there's one great shot in this elevator and it's like this point of view shot in the elevator, like watching the floors pass through this really thin window in France. Um, but there's a part towards the beginning of the movie when she is taking care of this French couple's home and she's just sort of talking about like, like, why am I here? Like, you know, I, I wanted to come here and I wanted to see the city and see all of these places. And all I see is the inside of this apartment. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Um, and there's a part where she says, I came to take care of children. Where are they? Why does the mistress always yell at me? I'm no cook. I'm no cleaning woman. Um... And there's another, there's, it's, oh, I don't want to talk about, I won't, I won't spoil everything in this movie because this movie is also only 50 minutes long. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Yeah. And it is, I, I highly recommend this movie. So, I will say that. I'm just going to say one thing, which is, um, I listened to a, a podcast, a film mm -hmm. podcast, not unlike this one, except this one has been on... Radio, on the radio for like 20 years. It's film spotting. Okay. I don't know if you... I mean, you should know what that is, Connor, because it's based in Chicago. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, I know film spotting. Okay, I was about to say, like, they're they're kind of a big deal. Um, but they did yeah. a whole segment on African cinema this year, and I'm pretty sure they covered this movie. Good. Because I... Um, was I just like everything you're saying is like kind of like, yeah. you know, it's like a ring and a bell kind and of. And like, so. it's, it's so when she's in France, she has like, I'm not kidding you. I think she has one line of diegetic dialogue. Yeah. The entire movie is, it is inner monologue for yeah. her. And it is so well written. And yeah. it's, it's like, she, it's like poetic. Yeah. Um, but there's another part where she's saying, it's, it's kind of tied to this first sort of quote. She's saying, for me, France is the kitchen, the living room, the bathroom, oh. and my bedroom. That's sad. And I won't talk too much more about it just because it is, it's, it's such a short film. I highly recommend it. It's super, 
it's very impactful mm-hmm. and i'm glad this is this is why i love this is why i love the criterion channel let me shill for a second <laughs> if you're gonna shill for anybody it might as well be the criterion channel i'm a simp for criterion yeah because they're um, they're, they're actually doing something great <laughs> but this is this is why i love it because i can go on there and i can just take a complete shot in the dark on something that i think this sounds very interesting yeah i'm like this sounds like something that would be up my alley and then i watch it and i'm like who to thunk it is <laughs> who to thunk I, and i love That's... it like and yeah. honestly i think um just to revert back to film spotting because they do stuff like that yeah <laughs> it would be a podcast that you specifically would love to listen to they do a lot of they look back mm-hmm. at um older films and um they love the Criterion channel just like you. And I Hell do too. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's almost like the hosts are like two yous. Two me's. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I I listen to film spotting when I need to like... They also do like uh, March Madness, but instead of basketball... It's movies. It's like... A, so like in the past... This past year, it was the 60s. This year, it's 50s. And so they just... You know, okay. so um, they'll pick like a decade and watch they'll pick them. like a decade, but they won't they won't watch them. They literally like the listeners vote on. Uh, it's oh, like a tournament. Okay, so like the and listeners each week watch they it like and then vote on it. Well, yeah, I mean the idea is that you watch them, but you it, it's just like a discussion. That's on, interesting. It's a discussion on on the tournament more than the movies. Oh, okay, like so, like. This week, this movie beat this movie okay. because the voters, the listeners voted on this movie. Yeah. So anyway, um, Film Spotting is a Freddy kind of podcast. I'm surprised you don't know about it. But anyway. It sounds like it. <laughs> I think I, I think I need to know. About I've been it. listening to it for a long time. It. And sometimes they get a little, um, I don't know what the word is. Like, I'm like, okay, we get it. You've been film critics for like decades like chill you know but oh, man what does that mean <laughs> <laughs> it's just like sometimes they can just be a little pretentious sometimes josh adam if you're listening to me don't i i love you but <laughs> um or, anyway or just predictable pretentious sometimes you think predictable connor well like because like i've there's certain youtuber like critics that i used to follow and i slowly stopped because it's the fact of like they become too predictable in their reviews and also it's just like specifically Mm. with like youtuber reviewers it's like they're trying to like go for the algorithm but it's something where like like one of them is your movie sucks and the reason why i stopped listening to your movie sucks is because it's like he just becomes too predictable in what movies he's reviewing. And it's my critique on him is like, give us movies that you like, man. You're just giving us stuff that you don't like. Then give us something that you like. So we can kind of like see like where you're coming from. And so it's just always been every year. It's like him being like, I don't like this movie or maybe I like this movie. Like the highest I've seen him give a movie is a six. So it's just like, Yeah, yeah, so I don't I don't feel that way about film spotting. I don't feel like they're predictable. Um, I, I they surprise me often with the things that they really like and some of the things that they don't like. But yeah, I just uh, you know we don't really have to get into it yeah. too much because uh, that's not what we're talking about. But that, you know, yeah. it's just 
I know, will I will say a recommendation it, for you. Yeah, I will say it for I'm definitely going to check this podcast out because yeah, it mean, sounds interesting. Um, <laughs> so film spotting, check it out. But one th- just a little side note because I also used to watch Your Movie Sucks. Not mu- not as much as you, Connor, but I think the thing for me, kind of why I stopped watching it was uh, not so much predictability, but just like a certain level of cynicism. And I'm like, it's fine. Like every- everybody's going to have a level of cynicism, but it's definitely like that yeah. channel is based like almost entirely around cynicism. I mean, it's called your movie sucks, but it's, it's just like, let me talk about movies. I hate. It's like, okay. Okay. Like we, like, that's the thing we just, it's right. Let me talk about movies. Like, I don't also, like. Yeah. And eventually and that, it's like, I don't, I want to hear, like you were saying, it's like, I want to hear what you he like. D- he used so to, I understand why you don't like these other movies. He used to yeah. do it with his top, his top of the year like he would do like oh the best movies of 2009 and he would watch every movie pretty much every movie that came out in 2009 and he would like really like talk about them and stuff and it's like the guy like like he like adam wants to do it it's just his audience doesn't like it and it's like again like he's playing the youtube game and it's just something where like i just stopped because it's like you're just like, of course, you're not going to like this Marvel movie. Like, what makes this Marvel movie going to be different than the other ones that you also gave a two? <laughs> like, yeah. like, you're, so hopefully- like it, it's predictable. It's predictable in that way where it's just like every movie that he sees, it's like nothing's going to shock us at this point. You're not going to give a movie a 10 out of 10. So it's like, why don't you like talk about the movies that you love? That's why I like Chris Stuckman at this point now where like he's so doing us- that where it's like all oh, those movies. Mm-hmm. None of us are professional critics, but I hope that we don't come off as too critical or too predictable but you know just yeah. to just to kind of cap off that yeah um it sounds like that's a movie that i would really like to watch at some point down the criterion collection hole yeah. um so highly recommend Black thank Girl. you that's what um, i like about criterion is like that's what i do with the barnes and noble sale is i find i call them the blind picks I just find one and I go, I might like this. And then I normally do. That's why I liked I Want to Hold Your Hand so much. Because I was like, oh, Robert Zemeckis and Steven Spielberg. I'll probably like this. And then now it's my, one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. So it's like always, it's always good with those. All right. Seabear, what did you watch this past recently, these past few days? Uh, other than a couple rewatches only one new movie that i watched but the two rewatches were just kind of on background noise and and stuff i was paying attention to them but a lot of them i've seen them a bajillion times so i watched a christmas story and the polar express both i want to talk about is just the two back-to-back underdogs in my opinion for christmas movies (laughs) ones that whenever (laughs) christmas movies get brought up everyone's like i hate those ones or like they have some beef with with those movies and i'm like but i like them (laughs) i just think that is okay chocolate yeah yeah with the christmas story with the christmas story i just like the atmosphere and vibe just like the holdovers i think it's just so impressive that like it's a movie that kind of tricks people that a lot of people don't realize that that movie came out in the 80s where i feel like most some people like think like wait this wasn't made in the 50s and it's like no (laughs) yeah yeah it's to the 50s what movies now are when they make movies about the 80s 80s yeah yeah 
and and so it's just it's just a sweet like slice of life movie about christmas and it and it's it's cute and adorable i just i agree with people that it got overplayed on tv and stuff and maybe that's people's grudge against it but otherwise i'm like it's not it's not a bad movie <laughs> it's pretty good don't, don't forget and to was, drink your ovaltine yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and then with the Polar Express, that's like the one that I always champion of like, I, I like I wrote in my review for Letterbox uh, for it. I was like, I will defend this movie to my last dying breath. Like it is like, and that's okay. It, I, I mean, the animation is, I think, what people rub up against in the Polar Express yeah. because everything else about the movie I really love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really yeah. love the and book my, that it's based on. I love the story. Yeah, and like it, it, the animation is like the thing that I argue where it's like without Robert Zemeckis experimenting with this kind of filmmaking and really doing mocap like that, we wouldn't get so many things that we see in movies today and so many advancements in technology of special effects and things. And not even just movies, it goes into video games as well and stuff. And so like with with that, like being readily available than being closed off with these VFX houses, it's so nice that like Robert Zemeckis like did that. Like you need a you need a crap uh crap. You need a crack a couple eggs to make an omelet. Yeah. With 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 these Bruh. bad movies, they're bad, but it's like you gotta like acknowledge like what they've done like for future for the future generation. Um for our audience, mocap stands for motion capture. So that's yes. what kind of like throws people off with the Polar Express is sometimes it is an uncanny valley situation where it's halfway between looking like animation and looking like real life. And I mean, I think really good animation is like an expression of reality and it's not meant to look real. And so when something is like trying to look real, but it's animated, it looks freaking creepy. Um, and so I think a lot of people yeah. kind of like just get the ick from like looking at. Don't get me like, started. That looks like Tom Hanks, but it's not Tom Hanks. Like there's no life behind his eyes because yeah. it's not a real thing. But like, honestly, I'll start talking about people the love that movie. Live action remakes. Yeah. Like, like people love get. that movie. I think that, um, the music is fun and the story i i get like kind of like teary every time especially with the little song on the train and yeah it's i like the polar express yeah i guess i I haven't said that that yet i like the polar express i remember going to see the polar express in i wish i think we saw it at it was either at the load or the pick which were these two movie theaters that used to exist in uh Houghton and Hancock. They were like the two closest theaters where I grew up. And they were these tiny... It was like each each theater had like two or yeah. three theaters and that was it. And I remember going to see it and it was Christmas time and like we went inside and I had a really great time and then we left and it's like snowing and it's late and it's like... It's like you walked out of the movie into like more of the movie almost. Um, but I, I like the Polar Express. Yeah, I guess what I we're like trying to say is song. you don't have to defend it because it's a good mm. movie. <laughs> it's got it's got it's got a good whimsy going yeah. on. Well, and yeah, because like I love it's it's just yeah it's just the animation that people get behind and it's like you're saying Emma where it's like 
the 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 things that people love about the movie is when they go full cartoony because like the thing that i love about the movie is the cinematography the like the amount of like animation that they push to the max of like whimsical and craziness like the like the wonder that they do with the ticket leaving the train and like oh, following so the, the, the ticket yeah and then also just like when they're on top of the train and it's the hobo like skiing down the train and like you mm-hmm. see like yeah. the, the, the the tunnel the that caribou. has like the mouth Mm-hmm. And, and the beard, and ju- yeah, and the, the caribou are just like train like drift. Yeah, the oh train like drifting on the fucking train drift. Honestly, on. do you know what so the, many- do you know what the Polar Express is? The Polar Express is one of those movies that should have been like uh like a like a amusement park ride where you sit in one of those Ooh, chairs yes. and you're like in the train. Yeah, that's that's kind of like what it's because the so movie many has sequences two- like that. Yeah, because the movie does it twice. They do it when the train the train goes off the tracks and like goes for it and into the drift that Freddy goes. And then later in the movie, when they're in the North Pole, it's when it's when they're again the car goes down into the city of the North Pole. Yeah, and it's like a roller coaster type sequence. Yeah, there's so many moments where I'm like, oh, this would have been a great like 4D experience in Universal. Oh yeah, but yeah, like it's it so just that times. cartoony. It's that cartoony element. It's like even the hot chocolate song of like the chocolate, like going perfectly landing into the cups. Like, (laughs) like all that kind of stuff, like is so good that like it need, it needed to be like what Spielberg ends up doing with the, uh, with Tintin. Yeah. Where it's that perfect blend of like animation where it's not creepy, but it's still using mocap and the things that Spielberg's super great at filmmaking that like, like that's the master that is the perfect version of what Zemeckis was trying to do with this technology <laughs> and that's and that's where that's where it's so so interesting of like rewatching these films yeah so what and else then, did you watch other than that i ended up watching what is arguably right now everyone's <laughs> what i've been seeing everyone's favorite movie of the year godzilla minus one it All is right been hopped up it has been talked about non-stop on my feeds and everything and i'm like i gotta see this movie so i took my free cinemark ticket that i got from that fire alarm and <laughs> went to see it in imax all right and the i Lord. had a fantastic time with this movie yeah so i also amazing. watched godzilla minus one so sea bear and i are gonna have a little tit for tat about this movie because uh well well first Sea Bear what do you think about it? I thought so I've I've I haven't seen a lot of Godzilla movies I've seen like quite a handful I need to get into them because I bought Tasha the yeah. uh, Tasha my girlfriend shout out one time uh the Criterion collection of the Showa era the from like the first Godzilla to 1975. Um, so we have a lot of Godzilla because Tasha loves uh, dinosaurs and big monsters like I do. Um, but with that, I knew I was kind of like this because I really liked Shin Godzilla, which is the 2016 Toho film, which had been, I want to say like since 2004, uh, Tokyo made a God, uh, Godzilla movie. Um, so with this, it's like the fact that they're still making Godzilla movies. I'm like, I, I need it. And with this one, the the biggest thing that I noticed right away was uh you know it's a good godzilla movie when the godzilla stuff is happening and my jaws on the floor and then when the human stuff is happening my jaw is also on the floor because the story in this is so good 
Like, I, really, I was just really, really blown really away <laughs> by the story <laughs> and then also blown away by the additions that like, they do with Godzilla as a character. Yeah, so this is like what... This is a direct opposition to what Hollywood is doing with Godzilla in the last <laughs> 10 years because, well, one, Godzilla is a deeply Japanese thing. <laughs> And to take it and, I mean, I I do think the monarch, you know, um, stuff is including Japanese people in the story. But it's completely taking Godzilla out of context for what it's originally intended to be. And also trying to kind of make it some sort of a superhero for American audiences. Like, they're rooting for Godzilla. Um Whereas the original Godzilla is meant to be, you know, a A metaphor for nuclear destruction, specifically because of what happened to Japan in World War II. It's it's a so this movie does that. It it's it's a direct opposition to that because where in Hollywood it's like oh big monster fights other big monster and we don't really care about the humans at all um this movie is like a it's it it's like an epic almost like the way that everything is done so earnestly and so seriously and it's very dramatic um it is very good I was crying several times, um, but the Godzilla stuff was so good too. I think you're so right. Like, I I think we see Godzilla <laughs> when, less, but um, when we do see Godzilla, like, he's doing some when it hits amazing it things. Hits. When the like, oh, Freddie, when they bring back the OG squad, <laughs> they do it in Shin Godzilla. But oh my God. let me tell you, when they bring back the OG score the first it's time, so fucking good. bone chilling. Oh, but the second time they bring it back with the boats, Emma, was no, so fucking good I that I was happens. headbanging. Yes. I was headbanging and I look over to the person next to me that was sitting next to me. We're both headbanging at the same time. Like, let's fucking go. <laughs> like, hell yeah. Like, it's no, so like, good. I got the first time I got chills down my spine. I was like, oh my God, this music <laughs> is so amazing. I think they did yeah. it like three times. They brought it back like three times at least. And I was just like, Fuck yeah. Yeah, the the like, boat one that was is my favorite. So amazing. <laughs> um and they do the they do the other Godzilla score which which is like the hum the, the theme for the people, the theme for the humans. They bring that yeah. in dun, too. Dun, 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 yes, that dun, one. Dun, 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 oh man. That's the one where I was like The music this is, is incredible. This is great. Like um and it's a it's a callback to the original Godzilla, obviously. But yeah, I just I also, really, really liked this movie. And then I liked it so much that... Um, no, go ahead. I'll, I'll let you finish because I will kind of get yeah. into that in a second. Because I, I just want to shout out one time as well. The Atomic Breath 
in this oh, movie. Oh my god! It is oh when the god. movie st- when the movie starts. It says it's 70, 70, uh the seventieth anniversary for Godzilla, and I'm like, God damn this this character's been around for for a while, and the fact that it's seventy years and they can still like surprise <laughs> have my jaw you. drop to the floor. Yes. No, literally, with what they my do jaw with was the on breath. the floor. Yeah. Fred, Freddie, what I'll tease to you, because like what I'll tease to you, they what they do with the atomic breath, Freddie, is the same thing that they do with the Last Jedi with the ship scene. Oh God! Oh my God! I was, I was like, holy shit! <laughs> like, that's all, that's this all is I need nuts. to know. Yeah, because everybody talked shit about the Last Jedi, but there was yep. not one time I saw that movie in theaters that people didn't go, <laughs> "Wow!" on that fucking scene. No, the Last yeah. Jedi is my favorite sequel. Yeah, movie. it's the fucking it's the best, best one, one out the of the sequel one. movies. We don't need to get into yep, Star don't Wars. Don't at me. But, um, no, like, I do feel like the way that he, you know, Godzilla charges up in the Monarch-verse <sighs> movies is very cool because of the sound. But yeah. the way that it, the way that Godzilla charges up that atomic breath, mm-hmm. I'm like, no, like, I like, out... Out of my seat, I am on the ground. My jaw is touching the floor. Like, it was so cool. And, yeah, and I was crying. Um, This movie is very, very good. I recommend it to everybody. Um, I recommend... Yeah, like it's it's probably not going to be an IMAX soon because of the fact of The Boy and the Heron's also coming out and... Uh, I think another movie. I think Beyonce is also taking over the IMAX screens. Yeah. But like, honest, they honestly, they came out the same like, day. If if anybody can go to the theater to see this, hopefully this episode comes out and it's still in theaters. Like, please see. It's going to be theaters. in theaters for a while the sound, because so many people. Hopefully, because yeah, because the word it. of mouth. Yeah, but the sound <laughs> design, like it is, it's nuts. And yeah, like I love this movie. I gave it a nine. I I, th- I yeah. think I'm gonna give it a ten once when I see it with Tasha, but yeah, it's. <laughs> I gave it a I gave it a four out of five, an eight out of ten, um, <clears throat> and I think that was mainly because, and I we're not gonna spoil anything, but I think it was the ending for yeah. me, Connor, and I think you you know exactly what I'm talking about. It yeah. was, um, and I don't need to get into it, honestly. I that's just my teaser is to go see it and make up your mind for yourself. Um, I don't need to get into it, honestly. I just don't. Um, that's I just kind of my it. thing. You need to go see it, and that's for Freddie, and that's for the audience. Oh, go see this oh. fucking incredible. I want to go see feast it. of a movie. What if so, we just, so what a- I liked this movie so much that I went back and I watched Shin Godzilla from 2016. I didn't like it as much though. Um, I. I thought the Godzilla stuff was cool. Honestly, I thought it was like the first 30 minutes was like a satire to me. It was very funny because it was all about the structures of government. And like, Mm -hmm. they're like, we don't even know what agency this falls under. So we don't actually know what to do. And it's just like, okay, so the fall, like the, the joke is we're doomed because of our bureaucracy, like yeah. because of all of this red tape that we've put it's up a, for ourselves. Yeah. yeah, it's a realistic take. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so there was a lot of like, you know, important people talking in rooms. And that was interesting for about the first half hour. And then it just kind of got uninteresting for me. Um, but yeah. 
Yeah, and I I gave it like a three and a half. Like it 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 was kind of like, yeah, this is fine, you know. But um, other than that, what if we I, just stop recording and we just go watch Shin Godzilla? <laughs> we go watch Godzilla minus one like right now. Why don't we <clears throat> finish recording and then you can go watch Godzilla minus one? Okay, okay, fine. I guess. I guess. <laughs> um. Yeah. So we're getting into our Godzilla. I mean, Godzilla is just like everywhere these days because I mean we have that Monarch oh. show on Apple TV and then we got the Godzilla. Times Kong, new Empire movie coming out next April. I'm which excited. After Godzilla minus one, I'm like, why even try? <laughs> no, mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I I like King Kong. I like what they've done with the Kong character more than I like well, what they've done. With yeah, because it's like with Tokyo, you know, you're going to get your serious Kong Godzilla, is... and then with the American stuff, it's it's well, the silly. Like like yeah, I understand, I just, like it's not the greatest. I but wish it's like, we it's could just big monsters fight. I, yeah, but like that's not interesting to me. Human stories are more interesting to me than but monsters. But it's interesting fighting. to me. I like big monsters fighting. This podcast <laughs> okay, shows I, I like just big don't monsters. Know if we need and like, I like them two to fight. and a half hours of like just monsters fighting. However, like I think that America should just stay in our lane. So anyway, besides the Godzilla movies that I caught up on, I also watched um, a couple of rewatches that I always watch over Christmas holidays era as well as two new releases from this year so uh i watched may december which was on uh netflix it premiered on netflix this past friday as of recording so december 1st and it's a todd haynes film it stars julianne moore stars natalie portman charles melton it is crazy y'all this movie is um very 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 interesting and intriguing and very good very good performances i have a feeling we're gonna see uh at least one oscar nomination from this movie um and it's not from an actor that you think so keep an eye out for that but it's also just like a weird script anyway it's kind of like campy kind of like um goofy it's kind of fashion sort of like a like a 90s like TV melodrama anyway uh but it's like comedic okay. it is interesting so um keep an eye out for that one it's on Netflix <clears throat> you can watch it anytime but yeah i also watched dream scenario that was one of the films i watched yesterday which is an a24 film is not an Ari Aster movie, but I found out that he Ooh. is one of the producers of the movie. So people are kind of correlating Ari Aster with it. Yeah. Even though he didn't really have a creative hand in it, more just like a as a producer role. Yeah. But it's um Nicolas Cage. This movie's very funny. Nicolas Cage is so funny. But it's also not funny. Um and <laughs> I think those are the elements that I didn't jive with as well, was the not funny yeah. elements. So I've heard, yeah, I, I want to see that. I think the two the two next movies that I will probably see in the theater are Godzilla Minus One and that, because yeah. I've heard, like, my coworkers were telling me about it, and it's, <clears throat> they were telling me that there's, it, it takes a turn. Yeah. And they were like, it's very strange. Yes, it's a very strange, it does take a turn. <laughs> And that's probably also part of the reason why it's getting so heavily associated with 
yes. Aster on yeah, top of that yeah. is that it just has like a for sure. It's like whoa, okay. Yeah, and it's kind of like got this conversation about cancel culture, and okay, I, it's it's it is very interesting. Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah. Um. I don't think that that's gonna really garner any sort of you know attention uh but i do think that it's interesting and it's something that you know check out if you're interested in it so now i'll just get into my <clears throat> my uh holiday rewatches we watched we talked about home alone in the last episode and something i said in that episode was to the extent of the uh wet bandits are very much reborn in the 1996 101 Dalmatians mm. with Horace and Jasper. So I rewatched the 101 Dalmatians from 1961, the animated version, which is one of my all-time favorite mm-hmm. movies, which we talked about. <laughs> um, and... And then the next day, I watched the live-action remake of it. Both of these movies rock, but they rock in different ways. I do feel like the remake is like Glenn Close's like time to shine, and, sh- and Cruella just gets the best moments. Whereas in the animated film, I'm not sure. I, I do think Cruella is like the most fabulous villain <laughs> ever um and when glenn close is just like rocking those outfits i'm just like damn you are so fab and you're so awful you're an evil person um so i do feel like the the live action does give way to like a little bit more cruella development and oh, was that like a pun cruella development development <laughs> Um, but I think where the live action falls short of the animated film is the animals don't talk Mm. and a lot. And there is like the strength of both of these films uh, of, of a theme that is a through line with both movies is kind of the animal kingdom. It's obviously about. Dalmatian puppies, but it's the animal kingdom that like works together to save them. So it's like, you know, cows and ducks and cats and sheep are like in the in the live action, the sheep are like hiding yeah. them underneath and keeping them warm and the cows are giving them milk. And the cat in the animated version is the one that like actually saves them. Um and there are horses and there and then in the in the new one there are like raccoons and birds and uh rabbits and some of them are animatronic <laughs> and the you know they do like they like slap hands and like they're like yeah we got her you know yeah um and they don't they talk just, but do they go art or they don't arf, talk arf. um and so i do think a lot of what i like about the animated <laughs> movie is the 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 cute like the puppies are like talking to each other and yeah. it's very cute. So we just don't get that in the new movie. So I think that um you do get a lot of the Horace and Jasper home alone 
you know, getting their butts whooped by puppies kind of like humor. Um, But yeah, I just definitely think the animated one is way better. The animated one is way better. Is it Glenn Close, at least? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. Because I gave, um, so I would give 101 Dalmatians, 1961, a five star. Like that is an all time fave of mine. It is in my top four on Letterboxd. And it's a Christmas movie. Both of these are Christmas movies to me. Uh, and then I gave the Glenn Close one nine out of ten. Okay. Um, I'm still but, blowing my but, eyes I mean, a lot of that, <laughs> a lot of that <laughs> is because of Glenn for. Close and her yeah. performance as Cruella. Like she eats it up. Mm-hmm. Um, this her her like people that she because she's like a fe- she's like an Anna Wintour character, yeah. and her people are like terrified of her and one of her assistants is like, yeah, you know, just like giving, telling her whatever she wants to hear. Well, you know, and she's like, what kind of a sycophant are are you? And he looks at her and he's like, what kind of sycophant do you want me to be? (laughs) 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 So, so good. The writing is really good. John Hughes is a good writer, obviously. So, yeah, I think they're both good, but I digress. (laughs) Let's move on to... What we all watched this week, which is 2003's Tokyo Godfathers, which is Freddy's festive December pick. Festive December pick. Shout out Satoshi Kone. So, Freddy, one, why is this a Christmas movie? Two, why is it your favorite Christmas movie? Three, give us like a rundown of what this movie is about. Before okay. we kind of get into what we like about it. Um, so, one, it's, why is it a Christmas movie? It is it is a reimagining of the nativity story. Um, so, <clears throat> essentially, Satoshi Kone, um, I guess I'll get a little more into that in question three why is it a christmas movie takes place at christmas time it is in a re it's a reimagining of the nativity story okay um two why is it my favorite christmas movie i guess these all kind of wrap into one but uh (laughs) it is a movie that i think it manages to be it manages to capture these these sort of elements of like the christmas season in a very n- not like unconventional way yeah and it has this core to it that just it it really gets to me every single time like it makes me want to cry and Aww. it makes me want to laugh and it makes me just want to feel like makes me want to feel all sorts of things um <clears throat> and so essentially Number three, <laughs> it's it is about these three homeless people in Japan that find a and they're fi- in Tokyo. They are in Tokyo, yeah. hence the name. <laughs> they find an abandoned infant um, on Christmas Day, and so 
over the course of the movie, they find this baby while they're, they're like digging around through a garbage pile, basically. And then all of a sudden they hear this crying and they realize that it's, there's this baby. And so they take it upon themselves to try to track down this baby's parents. Mm -hmm. And each character sort of has their own reasonings Mm -hmm. as to why they're even like why they're willing to go along with it in the first place and so a big part of that has to do with their different family dynamics and something that i think is really interesting about it is the variety of family dynamics that each of these characters have and (coughs) how they are just shown like very genuinely and not only that on top of that it has a very large queer presence yes. in the movie given that it is a like a middle-aged homeless man a middle-aged homeless trans woman mm-hmm. and then a middle-aged teenage girl a middle-aged teenage Mid- middle-aged teenage girl <laughs> that doesn't make any <laughs> sense a runaway a runaway teenage, teenage girl. girl runaway middle-aged those are synonyms right <laughs> no but <laughs> yeah so, so two yes. old people and then a <laughs> and then a young person yeah. yeah and so so like what ends up happening is you know over the course of this movie we get to see the way that like the way that them trying to get this baby back to their parents sort of like uproots these um uproots like the each individual character's histories and like their ties to their family and so you get this web that gets woven over the course of the story it's one of those like it kind of has like this detective element going on yeah but then the story instead of like Obviously, the they want to get this kid back to their parents, but if you're looking at it from more of like a detective angle, really the in like the story that we're finding out is the story of the three main characters yeah. more so than what's the story of this baby. Yeah. Um, and so you get to ha- you get to see. I guess I don't know if we want to go into like the full like backstories of all these characters now, but. So I guess we find out that the runaway teenager um, is her dad is like a cop. Yes. Her dad is a cop. Yeah. And so we find out that she she ran away from home after she stabbed him. Yeah. And um, she stabs him over. They basically get into a fight over her pet cat. Um. And so she ends up running away from home and she's been gone for, I think they say it's like, they say it's like six months that she's been gone. Um, And she's just kind of like latched herself onto Hannah, the trans woman mm -hmm. and the Jim. Jin. Jin. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't catch their names very well, but. And so, and so they're, they basically serve as parental figures to her. In this, uh, in this current life that she has, yeah, and so we also learn that 
Jin is a is an alcoholic and a gambling addict, and that is what has not only lost him his family, but has also put him like on the street in the yeah. first place. He's a bum. Yeah. yeah. And so um over the course of the movie we explore that more. And I think it's really it's really interesting because Jin is when they first find this baby, Jin is the like the last one of them that really wants anything to do with this child. Like yes. he does not want to take care of this child or find this child's parents. However, he is the first person that knows how to do really anything to take care of this baby. Yeah, because and- we find out that he has a grown daughter that he essentially has been estranged from. Yeah. And so I think a lot of the reason why he doesn't want to take care of this baby is because there's probably some levels of like guilt yeah. in him not having a relationship with his child. Yeah. It's almost like he feels like I've done this once and failed. Yeah. I do not want to do yeah. this again. Yeah. Um, and then you have, um, Hana, who is, we don't, and the thing that I find really, the th- the thing that I really like with her character is that, she, like, she talks about not having a family and, like, growing up, like, in foster care. And so, like, the, the big reason that she wants to find the parents is because she's like, I didn't know, I didn't know my parents at all. And... I want, I'm just I'm like, how could you abandon your kid like this? I want to meet these parents, ask them why. And essentially, I'm, and like, she just says it outright. Like, I want to, I want to know if I can forgive them, these parents, and so then I maybe can I can forgive my mine. own parents. Yeah. But what I really like is that we get the, um, <clears throat> we get the scene where we essentially get introduced to her found family. Yeah, which is, that's really endearing. Yeah. Because uh, she had kind of like a stint as a drag queen. Yeah. And there's a club that she, where she does have a family. Yeah. Or maybe not people that she has talked to on a regular basis, but. But it's like within within the queer community, it's like that is yeah. so, that is so common for that to be the only yeah. family that you have, whether it be something where it is like Hana, where somebody, it's like they've, somebody has grown up abandoned or they were abandoned by their parents when they came out to them as who they are. Yes. Yeah. And so it's like, this is very common. And for that to be seen in a movie that is coming out of Japan yeah. in what, 2003. 2003. This is 20 years old this year. It's 20 years old. And 20 years later from this, like, like gay marriage still isn't legalized in Japan. Yeah. And, like, the closest they've got is, um, <clears throat> like, I'm not going to claim that this is perfectly accurate. But to my own knowledge, essentially what's happening right now is it's just a it's like an ongoing series of court cases. Some of them say it is unconstitutional to not recognize same sex marriages. Some of them say it is constitutional to not recognize same sex marriages. And like the I think one of the more recent ones basically said it's. It is constitutional to not recognize gay marriages, but we need to have better 
human rights laws for gay people in the country. But still, it's like it's very behind the times that you think 20 years from now, and this is the situation now, this movie comes out. And it comes out from a well-known director. And it's just, and it's like, it's pretty unabashed in like not making this character like purely the butt of a joke. This person gets a, like a real character development they and get to ba- be a, a like story yeah they get to be a fully fleshed character they kind of also get to be the hero yeah yeah they, they let her float a, down from the sky with her, the like, baby fly like yeah almost angelic like the the sun or not the sun but the sun is rising and there's like a little light mm-hmm Oh, that was like really sweet. I was like, oh, they're letting her have this moment of like getting to save the baby um, at the end and just kind of like float down and like, sure, it's not realistic physically. It doesn't matter. But it's like just this. But what about the what about the nativity story is realistic? Exactly. And it's also an animated film. And it's also like there's so honestly, this movie is just chock full of miracles yeah i mean it's just miracle after miracle i mean the the way that they like keep finding each other they keep loosening each other and keep finding each other and they keep just running into the people that they need to run into to get what they need you know and it's um yeah i mean i think that's kind of like the 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 gist is is this like kind of like almost like this Christmas time kind of magic that happens uh, where miracles, you know, happen. And yeah. that's, that happens a lot in a Christmas movie, you exactly. know? So I think that's kind of, kind of where they're going with it. Um, so I loved Hannah. She's yes. probably my favorite character. Queen. <laughs> Literally a queen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, anything else you want to say about that found, I mean, her, her found family, um anything about you know i didn't want to like interrupt your your train of thought or anything but no i mean that was really like the that was really like the core of it it's just i so it's a it's a nativity story because essentially you have these uh people that have rescued a baby that they found in the trash um which like Okay, so so what's so what's the nativity story of, Three of the, tr- the 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 destination to tr- to to Bethlehem is you know the death's destination traveled to, um, yeah, to like deliver this baby to deliver the baby, yeah, yeah, it's and not, I guess like there yeah. are three of them, like the three wise men, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I'm. It's I not didn't like really a, like clock that. <laughs> yeah, it's not like a. Obviously, it's not meant to be like a one to one. Like, yes, we want exactly. to remake it's a, not an analogy, story, but it's like this. It is. It's in a reimagining of it. Exactly. Like, yeah. What would the nativity story look like in Tokyo in two thousand three? Yeah, it's like yeah. Uh, the Coens yeah. doing "Oh Brother, Where Art Thou?" It's just a reimagining yeah. of the Odyssey. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, kind of. Yeah. So. I have some questions. Okay. Because there were some points that I was confused. There were people that were in a gang. No, they were assassinating somebody in a gang. Yes. And they were speaking Spanish. 
And then they just took the teenager and the baby? Yeah, they took them as hostages. Why did they do that? Um, that was just like, well, they, while they were fleeing the wedding, Okay, it was like, so, so nobody would chase them. It was like, I'm taking these people hostage with me. So it was just kind of like a bad, like, like insurance. Yeah. Yeah. And then, he, he and then so then he was, just, he kind of like felt bad. Yeah. And he was like, I don't actually want to take you hostage. And so he just like took her home with his wife and their baby. Yeah. Uh, or was that like his wife that was there? Uh, and that's the part where it's like, I I I was under the impression that it was more like his mom. I mean, I don't know. It could yeah, have been his wife, he, yeah. but because I think that's what they're talking about with the pictures. I don't know now, Connor. Where did you watch the movie at? <laughs> I got he it. He got it from the library. The from the library. Yes. Okay, just because we I'm there were some differences, so we rented it. Um, we rented it on Apple and I noticed that like the translations were slightly different from other times that I watched it. So I just wasn't sure, like, was any of the Spanish translated in your version no. that you watched? Okay. okay it yeah. wasn't for us either. And I'm, and I was pretty, and I don't think it has been in any of the other ones I've watched either. Well, I mean, it could have just been. It's kind of the point is like the character that we're following has no idea what these people are saying to her. Yeah. Yeah. They don't understand Um, because my interpretation is that they they steal it and he because he looks like a kid himself. He doesn't want to do this. His job was just to shoot the guy. So having a hostage is like, yeah, no, like if they could communicate, if they were under the same language, they could probably be like, yeah, no, like you can leave right now. But he. She's like, please, like, leave me alone. And he's like, yeah, I'm trying yeah. to. That was kind of my read. It's like he's he's not like yeah. the, the way the voice acting was. He's not like angry. It's not angry Spanish, if that makes sense. It's not like he's yeah, like yelling exactly. at her or anything. He's just kind of like, hey, like, <laughs> you want to come see my mom? <laughs> She's like, please yeah. don't kill I me. <laughs> yeah, I interpreted that way, too. I was just like, he just sounds like he's trying to take care of her. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and you well, don't and need to hear. And then he does start hear. saying, like, help to her. Yeah. And it's like, I'm, it's I'm like, trying to help you. Help yeah. you. Help you. And he, yeah. And so I don't think you need all of the Spanish subtitles because you can kind of understand what people are trying to say through tone. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I just. Um, okay. And then I think that's really. All I had a question about, except did Hana have like consumption? Like, what was her deal? Like, what was the sickness? Oh, they don't. It's- they don't specify what the sickness is. I think they like heavily allude to that. Unless they said that in your translation, they didn't say it in ours. No, it's I think just it's heavily alluded. alluded to that. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's like. That was I, that's probably relative. I would I, just, I like, would not be surprised to see that blood being is different. But no, I mean that is like an actual symptom of an STD. Yeah, but not necessarily AIDS. Yeah, I just figured so it's AIDS because it. of two thousand three. I mean, th- like, not like the AIDS epidemic <sighs> is still there. It's just based on the time, and then also just the get like her her being uh, trans and stuff, and it's just the alluding of like they die off they die more often and stuff because of AIDS. But, or even just in general, I think, I think having it be like sort of this unnamed 
I think it's very intentional to have like a like a they have this queer character with an unnamed unknown and like unnamed illness that's not being treated almost serves more as like more as like a commentary on like a much larger societal issue than like specifically like what's what's the problem with this character it's more like what's the problem with society that it would be so subjected to homelessness why can't this person get medical care and like even the doctor is like super apathetic about the whole thing and the doctor's just like yeah she's sick uh Mm. treat it and then when he's like i don't have the money i don't even know what to what are we supposed to do he's like i don't know i'm just supposed to tell you that she's sick you're supposed to do the rest of it and it's just like yeah i mean it's not it's not unfamiliar exactly to, to us at all yeah um yeah um this movie was super engaging visually. Yes. The animation style is very um, detailed and um, the way that it, it kind of has moments of realism. Yeah. Like super hyper realism at times um, mixed with the you know a, a specific animation style that is like not real not realist doesn't look like real people in a real place it looks very much like an animated city and animated people but yeah i think mixing the styles this is funny you just it's just that- like yeah it's an animated film <laughs> no, way, no, I just think like, the, like mixing the styles of like mixing I know. the animated. It was just funny, you know, like because like I understand a, what you mean. Yeah, because it's a like you have moments where everything's super realistic, but then you also have moments where like the characters' expressiveness, like yeah, even yeah. their facial their features, get yeah. like just, cartoonishly distorted. But I just noticed when they're almost happening at the same time, like yeah. the, like the backgrounds are very like yeah real. Um, or like settings are very real looking and yeah. then, um, characters and certain details mm-hmm. are not, and it's just like very engaging and really pretty. Yeah. And well, it's like, you could look at a still from basically any point in the movie yeah. and it's like, you know, exactly who the main characters are. Yeah. No matter exactly. what. Yeah. Um, like yeah, with, with no context. Yeah. And the thing is, Satoshi Kon is very highly regarded for his distinct visual style for sure. and and specifically his editing yeah um and like i said so satoshi kon is also the director of like paprika and perfect blue i've talked about about paprika before and like paprika is like the if you yeah. want to see if you want to see very specifically what i mean paprika is like the shining example of just this visual distinctiveness and this editing style that is just like unparalleled for sure Um, yeah no it's um i mean i loved the animation i loved it uh very good and then i just can't help but notice kind of you know, with our conversation with the holdovers 
and the found family aspect of it, how that kind of carries over into a lot of movies about Christmas and about the Mm -hmm. time. Because it's just a feeling that people are feeling. There's a lot of people that don't have families to go home to for Christmas. And so, you know, finding those people, that's, that's what, you know, that's, that's why you're here on this earth. I mean, that's like a very important thing to do as a person is to like find people that you love, that people that you want to spend time with. And it could be your family. It might not be, Mm -hmm. um, but you can make your family. Um, And that's a really beautiful thing about this movie. And it's kind of just like already established at the beginning, even though they're super dysfunctional, uh, but they become functional in a way yeah towards the end well it's um, like no even even with even with their dysfunction it's like they are very clearly there for each other yes even with even with Jin making like crass and like offensive and comments it's like you know it's like like through his actions it's like the, he still is like he still is he has love for these other people in yeah. like his little found family that for he sure. has. Yeah. Um, really lovely little Christmas flick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seabear, what do you think about this movie? You want to, you want to get into your ratings? Sure. If we want to get into that, is there anything else so, you need to say? Friday I do. Before I mean, that? Yeah, yeah, I want to. I have. I got one little. Let's go. Thing that I, your, talk about. I just. Yeah, I don't know if you have anything. Film. If you have anything specific you want to talk about, Connor. But if you have Not something, really. it's just chime in because I want to talk yeah. about the windmills just real quick. What about the windmills? So, uh, let me let me just do a little shout out real quick because I don't want to act like I just purely made this shout out one on time. We got to we got to shout out every frame of painting. Uh, a, a a too long defunct uh video essay film analysis channel. Rest so in peace, a real one. He's not yeah. dead, but it is like he genuinely would make the best ones. And anyway, he has a he has a video where he talks about Satoshi Kone, and he talks about this scene, and it is spot on. But it's the it's the old man. Mm-hmm. That Jin finds mm-hmm. laying in the street, oh, and yeah. he takes we him really in. Talk about that, yeah. And so it is. It's just like a. It's a perfect example of Satoshi Kon's editing style, where he manages to show this character death in such like a soft but profound way, where they get they get to his cabin and then the windmills are out the windmills are outside spinning and then we have the scene where the character dies and he goes to close his eyes and then he's actually alive and when he when he goes to close his eyes and he thinks he's dead he, they cut to an exterior shot of the windmills not spinning and then when he realizes they're alive he, when he realizes he's actually still alive it cuts to the windmills spinning again and then they go back inside. They finish that scene out. And then when Jin leaves, the windmills aren't spinning anymore mm. outside of that oh. little hut. And yeah. then obviously the kids show up to to just be 
fucking pieces of shit and beat him up. Mm -hmm. And then it's like they pull this man out and they're like yelling at him. But it's like this man is dead and we know he's dead. Like this is them pulling him out of the tent isn't when we get introduced to his character no longer being alive. Like we get introduced to that the second Jin leaves that um, leaves his little tent just through just through the windmills. And mm-hmm. it's like, it's so good. It's so good. Cool. But that's my, that's my little, I just like every single time I get to that <laughs> scene when I'm watching it, I'm like, yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I picked All up, right. on, picked up on that pretty, pretty early. I was like, that's, that's pretty good touch. <laughs> pretty, mm-hmm. pretty good. What do we think about it? Uh, Yeah. Are we just going to get it straight into the ratings then? Let's go. All right. I think this is a very, very well done movie. I would give this a solid gentleman's eight. I think that it's <laughs> it's something where I the reason why I'm giving the gentleman adjective with it is because I can realize that this is very good. I think that this is very well done and a bunch of stuff. I, the reason why I don't think I rate it higher as of now is because not that I've seen this done before it's just compared to like other movies i'm like well this one does this better this does that better and things like that and so it's just something of like thinking about it where i'm like i think the more i watch it the more i'm gonna rate it higher but as of now i'm like yeah this is good because like animation wise i'm like it's really good animation but like it's like i you know i like your name or like other promar or other animation studios and styles more and stuff and then with him, with the director specifically, it's like I have a feeling at once when I watch Perfect Blue and Paprika, that's where I'm going to be like, oh, this is a whole nother level. Whereas this. <laughs> I'm this, so excited I, when y'all watch Paprika. Yeah, it's like, I, I don't want to say like this is like Diet Coke like version of him, but but I think Freddie understands like what I'm saying, where like I know how anime can get can get crazy. It, it was like it was like when the first yeah. time when Jerry showed us a a Ghibli film that wasn't crazy i forget which one it was like the newest one i think it was the wind rises and i'm like oh it's a ghibli film it's gonna be nuts (laughs) it's gonna be crazy and that was like the most like mundane ghibli film ever like and i'm like yeah i mean yeah yeah so so with this this is is like definitely a it kind of feels the same soft introduction to satoshi kone yeah yeah and so i'm like i i really enjoy it i really like it i think the more i watch it every you know every so often i might give it higher but as of now i'm like "This, this is a good eight Glad, glad you picked it. Yeah, I'm kind of on the same page. I gave it a four out of five stars on Letterboxd. I recognize the subtleties of the filmmaking and the animation style and the heart behind it. Um, yeah, I just uh, really enjoyed it. It's a solid film. I don't have anything really else to say except maybe Hana should have died. You think? Yeah. That's like my only thing is the ending doesn't do it for me. I don't think it I don't think it's a bad ending. I just was like, oh okay. You yeah. know, but like I think I would have kind of like a like like a Moulin Rouge ending. Okay. I don't know if y'all have seen that movie. <laughs> um, oh boy. Um, yeah, I was the you know 
the way that the 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 narrative was heading, I was like, "Oh, Hannah's gonna die." Yeah. Um, and I was kind of like not wanting her to die, but like that would make a very like it would be very heart- impactful. It would be very impactful, and it yeah. would like like I don't necessarily want her to die. I want her to live, but in reality, like that's not how the world works. And yeah. I think it would have been a little bit more realistic i guess but then you're gonna lose like your yeah. you know light kind of like christmasy miracle kind of thing so mm-hmm. you know i go I, I go back and forth i definitely think it's gonna take rewatching this for me and i'm definitely gonna get into the director and look at more of his filmography uh but yeah yeah i liked it Alrighty. Well, I'll tell. I'll tell y'all. I'll tell y'all something. I think. Uh, I do think you're right because I, I liked it the first time I watched it, and now I've seen it like six times. Damn it, then. Yeah. Damn it, then. <laughs> five out of five. Uh, yeah. Who could have thought? But. Um, <laughs> It is, it's a movie that it's like, it grows on me every single time I watch it. And every single time I put it on, I'm like, I love this movie so much. It's so good. But when was the last time you got a 10 out of 10? Was that the thing? Uh, was that I the think, last time you gave out I a 10 so. out of 10 stars? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Um, no, I'd be giving them out like golden stars. So don't ask me. Do. You get a five out of five. You get yeah. a five out of five. I'm very easy to please. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, I just I think that's it's very good. Um with with Hana dying, I can see, uh I I agree with what you're saying where it's like it could be very impactful. I do think it's like I do think it's also very apparent that that's going to happen though, even oh, with like sure. her little for sure. like her folk tale so that she tells Moulin is Rouge, like and then you will understand yeah. what I mean. And yeah. I think But I I will say this. Yeah. I do think it is very, it's very gratifying to see the, like we, with the ending that we do get, we do get to see them be recognized as something more than just like, yeah, than just Mm -hmm. purely looked down upon by everybody, by the parents, because they are like, like, they're like, we want to make the, we want to make them our kids godfather like god godparents like they saved mm-hmm. our child literally um she really jumped off a whole building she jumped off the whole building to save that baby also that shot though when she slides down the side right before she like falls off I'm like oh my god Whew. anyway I could but then going, the, but... i mean i just think that whole sequence is just mm-hmm masterful yeah, yeah. I, it's a gr- it's a great way to end the narrative of the baby yeah but then like as a movie mm-hmm. i was just like okay that's like a kind of a silly ending yeah but not in a bad way you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i'm just like it could have been a little <laughs> bit more impactful but yeah. yeah so like i said i'm not i'm not dogging on the movie i loved it i just uh need to rewatch it yeah as always um rewatch movies because you'll always see things differently you get more especially on movies that especially on 
movies that have like a lot of subtlety to them. Yes. Um, a lot of meat. But yeah, a I lot. think I think we all. I think it's it's good. I mean, we all we all liked it. <laughs> I'm glad that y'all finally got to see Satoshi Kong. Yeah, of course. Um, and introduced to a new director. That's that's Freddie's job. Say, unfortunately, is to introduce everybody to new directors. Yeah, unfortunately, I mean Satoshi Kong passed away. He's not alive anymore. That's so but, sad. Um. Yeah, this is, but this is one of the, like his. Yeah, you can't. It, it's it's definitely was like his last movies, but it was one of it was one that was like a little bit like further into his career. I will say, sure. Um, it, and it's a Christmas movie. That's so fun. Yeah, that you get like you have a reason to like revisit it every year. That's why, you know, I I pick things that I want to revisit every year, not just like oh it's Christmas time, so I got to put on Elf. Like no, I've seen Elf thousands of times. I don't need to rewatch that again. But there are some things. Shout that out I to my mother. Visit. I know you're listening. <laughs> um, anyway, me. so speaking of movies that I watch every year, mm-hmm. we're gonna get into my pick for festive December. Yeah. Next week. And where did it fall on the list? If you were wondering where my pick fell on the list that we were rattling off last week, didn't um, even Home make Alone it on the was list. Was in the Home Alone <laughs> was no, because I told our audience I said all three of our movies are in the top ten. She lied. Of Letterbox no, Christmas I'm movies. I'm kidding. So I'm kid. I kid. Home Alone landed in the tenth spot. Tokyo Godfathers landed in the second spot. And my movie is the number one movie on that list. It's a Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful Life. 1946. Frank Capra. Jimmy Stewart. Mm -hmm. It is... I'm so excited for Freddie specifically to watch this because <laughs> Freddie hasn't seen this movie before. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to finally watch. It's oh, Freddie's gonna I'm have to watch it. Freddie, you're gonna have to watch Freddie just cry. Realization ever watching the movie. Yeah, oh, I'll cry. No, I'm ex- so excited to watch. I'm gonna give Freddie a whole a good... box of Kleenexes, tissues to 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 just drown your tears in i need a good i need a good cry oh you're gonna cry because i keep i keep watching movies and i get like right on the edge and i'm like i'm about to cry but the last like i love crying at movies like the last but the last one that i fully sobbed at was when i watched everything everywhere all at once oh my god fully sobbed yeah uncontrollably so but anyway where can people watch this movie i will say i'm glad you asked (laughs) it's a oh um it's a wonderful life will air on network television Christmas Eve. You can count on that because it does every year. Um, I'm sure on it NBC. is airing right now um, somewhere on It will TV. be on NBC <laughs> yeah. uh, at 8 p.m. Christmas Eve. You can bet your bottom dollar. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, uh, you it's on Prime for free if you have Prime. I have That's other not free, I guess. ways as well. And it's on Hoopla also. Um, so that is free with your library card. It is Get also on card. FUBU TV, the Roku channel, USA, and Plex. All of those are with ads? Nice. Uh, really some good. of them. 
No. Yeah. Also, so, it is available. Yeah, this movie. Some theaters also are going to be showing it other than just cable. Yeah. Check your local theaters if it's playing at some time. I know the Music Box Theater in Chicago is playing it at certain points and in December. And the Redford is playing it. I know mm. my hometown in McHenry is playing it at some time at the Outdoor Theater. So just check wherever. It's a, I know- it's a certified yeah. Christmas yeah. Honestly, classic. Yeah, honestly, I would just check whatever theater you even go to, even if it's not like sort of yeah, like a boutique theater Redford's because it playing is. It, but so is like Imagine and AMC. Like, yeah, they're like all, all playing of the it. big chains will and even, still play so, these movies. I will say this too with this episode coming out. There's also other, like most of those theaters as well are showing other Christmas movies as well. I saw showings for Die Hard coming up soon for their 35th anniversary. Elf is the 40th, not 40th. Oh, geez. 20th anniversary. <laughs> yeah, it's not that old. Uh, 20th anniversary. Those screenings are popping up as well with also Polar Express and all the Christmas classics are coming for the $5, you know, tickets. So, so go, go see go your favorite Christmas movie, but definitely watch It's a Wonderful Life go for next episode before our next episode airs. Yeah. We'll see you then. Bye. 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 Bye.